Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Emmanuel Heke once again here, and you are listening to the Church Boy Confessions. Who almost slipped up right there. Um, thank you so much for tuning in once again. It is a new week. It is Monday morning, November. I'm always, oh, I always slip up on this. I knew better. It's November 11th, ladies and gentlemen. We are five days away from the Unassociated Poetry Jam, the third edition of the Unassociated Poetry Jam. And I am super, super excited. Honestly, like, I'm very excited. Like, um, and I, I think, you know, I, I really wanted to make this message pertain to that poetry jam and not you know it's not going to be a whole episode on a shameless plug but i think that there's a lot to be said about my approach to um the poetry jam because it's something that i love so much and something that i um that i just feel a lot of pressure to put on um so i I, today i wanted to talk about um my new approach to planning and, and and conducting everything that went into the poetry jam and honestly like that approach really is founded on one word. That new approach, my new approach to planning poetry jams is founded on one word. And that word is service. But let's take a step back. We're going to talk about service, but let's take a step back. Um, last week it was an archive episode. Um, and so that means I haven't actually hopped on this week. I mean, I hopped on the mic in two weeks. So um, it's good to be back on here. I feel really comfortable behind here. Um, but, you know, this past two weeks has definitely been challenging. I will say that um, a lot has happened. A lot of good things have happened. A lot of challenging things have happened at the same time. And ultimately, I think that the hardest thing that I've had to deal with or one of the hardest things I've had to deal with is pretty much planning everything, like I said, for the Poetry Jam. Um, you know, because it's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of things that need to confirm, uh, need to be confirmed, a lot of things that need approval. And um, sometimes you can get disorganized. Sometimes things don't go as planned. And at the end, end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Even when you're like, when you're planning things with multiple people, you can't always move at your pace and you can't always control everything. And sometimes you just have to be forced to be okay with that. I'm a control freak. I like to control everything. Um, but I think God definitely makes sure that I'm humbled with that, especially when I start planning poetry jams. Um, but albeit, I mean, poetry, planning poetry jams, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I love planning poetry jams. Uh, I love, you know, getting to know the performers. I love, you know, when we do rehearsals, I feel like, oh man, like, I feel like it's a spirit in rehearsals. Like when everybody's telling their stories in rehearsals for the first time, people just meeting each other. Um, you know, when I, when we rehearse with the band, like it's, it's just a different, it's a vibe to it, you know, like, and ultimately if you've ever been to an unassociated poetry jam, then, I think that, you know, you could even attest to that, like how, you know, it's 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 something different about this poetry jam. You know, I, I've been to different uh, performances and I'm not just saying that because it's our company that's throwing this poetry jam. But, um, you know, there's there's a different theme behind this poetry jam that I think is very unique from any other poetry jam that has ever happened. I keep on saying poetry jam. Yikes. <laughs> um, you know, like you repeat a word like a lot it starts to like sound weird. But yeah, um. And the reason why this is so different from any other poetry jam is because, you know, you have these people come up there and they're not just, it's not really based on talent. You know what I'm saying? We're not looking for the most talented people. We're just looking for storytellers. We're looking for people who are brave enough um, to go up there and say who they are in front of everybody and discuss a point in their life that they felt so terrible and that they felt down. Um, discuss a time in their life that they've overcome um, and they refuse to let define them. So, I mean, shoot, you know, I feel like that really just 
I mean, you, if you know anything about an associate, that's really what we're all about, sharing stories and making sure that, you know, we're not letting the things of this world define us, eternal beings. Um, but I think that, like I said, my new approach to planning poetry jams is service because, and let me give you some backstory. Um, this is our third poetry jam, our third poetry jam. Um, the first one, I, I can remember that it was a night that I wanted to relive. Um, the second one, there was a lot of technical issues, but ultimately we got the job done. Um, but I would say that there was a big difference in my approach to the first one and the second one. And I didn't know um, what was different between those, you know, number one and number two until now. Ultimately, like I said, we got the job done twice. Um, and I believe and I believe that we did a great job twice. Um, but personally, when I approached the first poetry jam, it was, you know, early on, I'm, I'm, I'm just submerged in the vision and the, you know, the, 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 the message of unassociated, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm doing what I'm doing, the, you know, conducting the poetry jam because it's what I know that people needed. Um, it's what I know that you know, I wanted to give and I even wanted to, you know, receive from the different stories that were being told. Um, bottom line is that was like a really authentic approach of just helping other people to the first one. The second one, that approach was still there. Don't get me wrong. But the second one was a little different because at this point, the pressure sets in, right? When now you have something to compare to. You know, the first event, there was nothing to compare to. It could have been an absolute flop, but no one would say anything because there's never been one before. But the second one, there's something to compare it to. Make sure it's better than the first one. And that pressure came on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that pressure came on me, and it distracted me from the actual service part. It, it The pressure to do better than before made me, distracted me from actually serving doing what I was called to do in the moment, and that was plan this event so we can serve the people. Service is so important. I think especially, I mean, I've, I've literally, God has revealed to me that service is probably the most important thing in my life, that I serve people. That's why I was put here to serve. Or we've all been put here to serve. But as of late, that emphasis has been on my life so much, so much. The first time I was all about serving. The second time I got distracted from serving. And ultimately, like I said, the job was done. People were still inspired, all that different stuff. We had the technical issues, you know, the venue and all that. But the job was done. But ultimately, you know, when when we were done, I definitely wasn't feeling the same way like I was feeling after the first one. Um, if anything, I was feeling... I felt like I couldn't even pay attention to the poetry jam and like, you know what I'm saying? Like the performers and their stories, because I was just so focused on making sure nothing messed up and that it was better than the first one. And <sighs> I say all that because the lesson that I want people to get from this podcast episode is that the most important thing is service, is serving others. God supplies you with the talent and the gifts and the blessings he supplies you with so you can use it to serve 
other people and serve him, of course. That is why you have what you have. It's not for you to compare to other people, to compare to other things, to compare one of your projects to another one of your projects. Your job is to serve. And when you lose sight of service, that's when a lot of things can go south. I want to talk about the story of King David. We all know King David, David and Goliath, right? The guy that, you know, small young David that killed Goliath, the giant. What should have been the impossible? He did the impossible. But, you know, and, and that and that 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 uh, situation is really what gave David his name at the time. Everybody knew his name after that. You know, the Bible talks about people, were, you know, the women were singing songs that Saul killed thousands, but David killed ten thousands. The world knew David's name after he killed Goliath. And that was purpose right there. But what a lot of people don't understand or don't don't lay an emphasis on is how David even ended up in that situation. Mind you, David was anointed king even before he came to Goliath, right? He was he was there, you know, uh, Samuel, the prophet came to David's family and he said, you know, Jesse, David's son, bring out all your sons so I can anoint one of them as king because God wants one of them to be king. Samuel didn't know which one. So Jesse brought out all his sons except David because he didn't really believe in David. He didn't believe that David was going to be anything special. But Saul said, go and fetch that last son. And when David came to uh, Samuel said, go and fetch that last son. And when Samuel, the prophet saw David, he anointed him as king because that's what God wanted him to do. So David was anointed as king, even though he was the underdog in his entire family. He he was, you know, not even taken seriously. Um, David was a servant. David's job was to feed the 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 sheep. He was a shepherd. You know, his job was to basically do whatever his older brothers um, or his other brothers and um and Jesse, his dad, told him to do. And Jesse didn't even think much of him. But then he's anointed as king. So you would think that once David is anointed as king, you mean everybody has looked down on him, everybody, he's been the underdog his entire life. Once he's anointed as king, maybe he'll start walking a little different. He'll start thinking a little different. He'll start acting a little different, you know, behaving more like the man, right? But instead, what David did was continue to serve. What David did was continue to be a shepherd. Like he got anointed, he had his moment. Samuel said, you're going to be the next king. David must have been so excited. But then Jesse gives him orders. Hey, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Those sheep need to go be tended. Um, That's where I want to start this little, this text, this little passage, this short passage that I want to read. And this is taking place right before, I mean, this is, you know, Goliath has come out to the armies. David's not there because David was not a soldier. Goliath comes out to the armies and he taunts them and um, somehow, you know what I'm saying, like this is when David steps on the scene of the battlefield. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse, I'm, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 17 starting in verse 15. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. Returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem, at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near, the Philistine being Goliath, drew near the morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. This is when Goliath was coming to the army of Israel and saying like, oh, like, you know, send one soldier to fight me so our armies don't have to go back and forth. Send one soldier to fight me and whoever wins um, gets to, you know, be 
I mean, wins the war, basically. So continue at verse 17. And Jesse said unto David, Jesse is David's dad. Jesse said unto David, his son, take now for thy brethren. His, David's brethren was, you know, was actually the soldiers in the war, but David wasn't. Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these 10 loaves and run to camp, run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these 10 cheeses unto the captain of their thousands and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. That's it. That's all I wanted to read. That's all I wanted to read. David wasn't a soldier. David wasn't necessarily in the position to actually fight Goliath because he wasn't a soldier in the war. He was not an officer, none of that. He was a shepherd. But somehow, because it was according to God's plan, he needed to be on the scene in order to fight Goliath. And how did that happen? Because David's dad told David to go and give his brothers, the real soldiers, some food to eat. Service. If David did not go to give that food to his brothers, he would never be in a position to fight Goliath, never be in a position to kill Goliath, never be in a position for people to know his name. Imagine if he walked away from being anointed by Samuel and he was like, you know, I'm the man now. You know what I'm saying? I'm dead. I'm supposed to be king one day. I ain't feeding no sheep, dad. Psych. I ain't feeding no sheep. I'm, I'm, I'm above that now. Imagine if David did that to the point where his, his, his dad asked him, hey, can you go and can you feed these, you know, feed your brothers at the battlefield? And he says, heck no, I'm not going there. I'm supposed to be king one day. And he would have missed his opportunity for everyone to know his name to kill Goliath. David was put in a position to really claim his destiny by serving. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that David has a, had a whole plan on how he's going to rise to the throne. Think about it. I mean, the throne was passed down hereditarily. David was not in the bloodline. <laughs> so he, you, know, you would think that he'd possibly come up with some type of plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm supposed to be the next king? All right, let me be proactive and look up some type of plan. No, David's first you know, intention or, or his reaction, his response was to continue to serve service through his honest authentic service david was put in a position to receive all that god had intended for him to receive you know maybe you have a vision maybe you know like you have an idea of where you want god of where god has put is going to put you in life but it just sucks because Right now, you're doing something that seems like it has zero relevance. Or right now, you know, like you're serving all the time and like you're you're exhausted and you just need, you know, like, ugh. it's just so hard. That's how I feel with school right now. Literally, as I was making this message. I was like, wow, I'm talking about myself. I can care less about school. What what relevance does it has to unassociate? 
But, you know, when I read this passage, it's like, what relevance did giving his brothers food to eat? Think about, like, what could have been going through his head? Like, what relevance does giving these guys food to eat have? Like, what relevance does it have with me being king one day? He would have never known unless he actually did it. Sometimes I think that we need to lay less emphasis on the plan. I'm not saying don't make a plan. But we need to lay less emphasis on a plan to get to where we want to get and more emphasis on being obedient to God. More emphasis on serving God. Because it's through service that you're going to be put in a position to get everything that God has intended for you to get. So, with that being said, the new approach to the Poetry Jam. Like I said, it's been hard these past two weeks trying to plan everything. It could be definitely stressful. But ultimately, I'm now in a position where I can say that I'm not so much interested on this Poetry Jam being better than the last ones. And it's funny because, you know, when I announced that the Poetry Jam was going to happen, the first thing I did was put it on my story. I said this is going to be the best one yet. But I was in Bible study and um, one of my brothers, his name is Cameron, prayed. And he said that, you know, I was praying that, like, let let this Poetry Jam, let my approach to this Poetry Jam be more like the first and less like the second. But he started praying. He was like, oh, you know, like, um, we're, we're doing a group prayer and he was like, God, don't let it be like the first one. And I was like, in my head, I was just, I was really about to say like, wait, Cam, like I want it to be like the first one. Like, but he kept on going. <laughs> he said, don't let it be like the first one. Don't let it be like the second one. The third one's going to be like the third one. And it just blew my mind in the moment. Um, Because I was, without knowing, I was trying to, you know, make it better than the last ones but it's not about making it better than the last ones it's about serving and if it happens to be better than the last ones then great then great but i think that come saturday what i am most concerned with is making sure that every soul that steps in to the ucla northwest campus auditorium does not leave the same I want every soul that steps in to know who they are or at least begin to know who they are when they walk out to be free from whatever it is that's been trying to kill them. And, you know, one day an associate is going to take off and it's going to be something that everybody knows about and it's going to be an amazing, you know, experience and all that different stuff, but I'm not so much... I'm no longer going to lay so much emphasis on making that happen. Instead, lay more emphasis on making sure that I'm doing whatever God wants me to be doing. And that people are being touched. And there's probably a lot of, you know, entrepreneurial gurus that would maybe think, Emmanuel, you are a fool. But I think God has made it clear. So... Maybe you're that person who lets the pressure of everything that they do distract them from the purpose of why you're doing it. 
Start serving. Understand that service is the most important thing. Serve God, serve other people, and everything else will follow. David was in a position to kill Goliath because he was serving. David had to feed his brothers. That was the mission, feed your brothers. But through that service, he found Goliath, and Goliath catapulted him to his destiny by killing him. Serve. Even when it doesn't sound like it's relevant to your end goal or none of that, serve. Do what God wants you to do. Just do what he wants you to do. Because God isn't always a person that follows the traditional path. He's not confined to that. He created the heaven and the earth. He doesn't have to be confined to a traditional path. He doesn't have to be confined to your understanding. You just listen to what he wants you to do. And he wants you to serve. With that being said, let's go into confession. God, I pray over right now the listener and even myself, the the person watching, God, Lord Jesus, that you help us understand the importance of service. This is not going to be the last time I talk about service because this is such a big concept in my life. Lord Jesus, help us to understand how important it is, how much it is attached to our identity, God. Help us use our gifts, not to just get our own glory, but to give the glory to you, to serve you and to serve the people around us, God, to fill up the people around us as you are filling us, God. Help us to not so much worry about how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, but just be concerned with making sure that we are serving and we are obedient at every step of the way, God. Be thou exalted. Be thou magnified. Bless everything that your people touch, God. Bless this poetry jam, God. Let's just have a wonderful, wonderful week of service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in once again. We're going to keep this going and going and going like the Energizer buddy, Bunny. Oh, that was a terrible line. Oh, my gosh, I butchered that. Ah, oh, I hate when I freaking, when I stutter and I mess something up. Well, whatever. You guys have a wonderful week. Um, come back next week, man. After the poetry jam, we'll talk about something else that's possibly inspirational. So yeah, love y'all. Peace. Mm-hmm.